This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, March 15th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who knows very well the basketball hoops in historic Hinkle Fieldhouse are at exactly 10 feet, Jerem Jordan. Well, that's uh, you know someone else's job to figure out. But, uh, yeah, excited that uh, March Madness is here and BYU's in it, man. It's going to be awesome. The Hoosiers, uh, the Hoosier State, in one of the uh, – I think it's the greatest sports movie ever. I may be biased. You know, some people argue that – I go Rudy. Rudy, or remember favorite. the yeah. Titans are two other favorite options. Hoosiers. The Titans, a little, I love it, but a little cheesy. How awesome is it that BYU basketball is going to play in Hinkle Fieldhouse in yeah. the NCAA tournament? That'll be pretty cool. Obviously, unique this year. It's all in Indy uh, and the surrounding areas. So it's like at Purdue and Butler and Indiana and Lucas Oil Salmon. Ooey Pooey. You're probably wondering what the heck Ooey Pooey is. Indian, Indian, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Ooey yeah. Pooey. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Okay. Uh, and we'll hear from Mark Pope later, but Mark Pope back where he used to play with the Pacers, right, uh, area. And then, of course, uh, if BYU happened to play at Purdue, not in the first round, but uh, that's kind of fun with Matt, Matt Harms, Harms, so a couple yeah. of connections there. He's back in Indiana. Alex Barcelo's two schools that he was considering were Butler and BYU. Butler, of What course, a massive Hinkle mistake he made. <laughs> Now he's, he's headed to Hinkle. A loaded Monday show lineup to open up NCAA basketball tournament week, including BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope, as Jerem mentioned. What does he think of the Cougars' seeding and potential matchups? Did the committee get it right with BYU? Plus, more national championships for BYU. Lost a horrible lost luggage tale that actually ended kind of miraculously, and a new contract for Taysom Hill. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Young Men's Hoops gets a sixth seed in the East region. We'll play the winner of the 11th seed playing game Michigan State-UCLA. That game's Thursday. BYU plays the winner on Saturday, 940 Eastern on CBS. Much more coming up about this. Taysom Hill has a new contract. The New Orleans Saints restructure his contract to what is called a voidable Four-year, $140 million deal. What does that mean? We'll discuss for the QB who started four games last season, helping the Saints to a 3-1 and record in those games. Longtime Saints QB and legend Drew Brees announced his retirement yesterday. Fury brings home some hardware from the NCAA Indoor Track and Field National Championships. The women's distance medley relay team won the Natty Friday night. So the school record, 10-52-96. Courtney Wayman, a member of the DMR team, also won the 3,000 meters with a time of 9.01.47. Zach McCorder took second in the pole vault, setting a new school record of 5.8 meters with a borrowed pole since an unnamed airline, according to Tom Homo, ran over the team's poles at the airport. Weird. The women took seventh overall, the men's 16th. And uh, congratulations to the DMR especially. Uh, during the volleyball match Friday night, Tom Homo came up to me and he showed me a text that had that, and I just kind of announced it live. So Awesome. It's a fun moment. The NCAA Cross Country Championships begin today. The BYU men enter the contest ranked number one in all the land. The women ranked number two in the USTF CCCA national polls. Good luck to both teams. And that happens, uh, you know, one of them, I believe at the end of the show, starts, and then the other one takes place, you know, after. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Number two men's volleyball swept Stanford Friday and Saturday to extend its sweep streak. 
to five matches, big matches at Pepperdine this weekend. Today marks Selection Monday for BYU women's basketball. Will the Cougars get in? Ooh. Not looking great, thanks to that controversial buzzer beater by top-seeded Gonzaga in Vegas. BYU has no guaranteed spot in the tourney. We wait and see. Number 13 women's soccer lost 2-1 to number 23 Santa Clara in a big one Saturday at Southfield. All the shovelers were out there getting the snow out. <laughs> BYU's 4-3 overall, 2-1 in West Coast Conference play. Freshman Violet Zavodnik hit her first career Grand Slam, helping BYU softball to a 7-1 win over Tarleton State. The ladies have a rematch against Arizona State coming up on March 24th. Baseball lost Game 2 of a series against Utah. They're struggling facing Dixie State. 1-10 are the Trailblazers tomorrow, so hopefully the Batcats can turn it around. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tourney time for the first time in six years, and BYU will take a six-seed into the 2021 version of March Madness. Jerem, with BYU waiting to face either UCLA or Michigan State at Hinkle Fieldhouse on Saturday night, primetime CBS, did the selection committee get it right for BYU? Yeah, they actually did for once, and I think uh, you know it's, it's great. BYU got a six, which is what Bracket Matrix had, which is what Joey Brackets had. Jerry Palm, whatever, man. He had BYU as an eight. Get out of here. Uh, but I am excited that BYU got what it deserved a six. BYU was the number 23 seed overall, which is awesome. Uh, I, I think the AP poll is going to come out today, the final one, and maybe BYU is in it. Uh, but the ultimate seeding, right, is that BYU is a top 25 team going into March Madness, which um, you c- couldn't ask for anything better. In terms of the matchup, don't be afraid of the names because that's what right now it's like, oh, Michigan State and Blue UCLA. Bloods. Both these teams have been at or sub 500 the last 10 games. They've really struggled um, going into March. But Michigan State's feeling pretty good because they beat one seed Michigan a week ago. So They beat Illinois earlier in the season. And too. Illinois and somebody else um, that's good. So, yes, the, yes, their ceiling's high, but – They've they've lost some bad teams too, so they're they're a little uh, little little crazy in how they've done. I think BYU is coming in playing great basketball, challenged Gonzaga, obviously the number one overall seed. So I'm happy. I'm happy, man. I'd prefer not to play a play-in game because then you can prepare for them all week. Um, granted, Michigan State and UCLA won't be able to prepare for BYU until Friday, but BYU doesn't know who it's playing exactly, so they have to prepare for two teams. And then you get after it. But at this point, and as you'll hear from Mark Pope later, um, my conversation with him yesterday, hey, at, now the seeds don't matter. He's like, we just play this team, and then we play another game, and then we just kind of keep going. And then you look back at historically being a six seed, it's like, oh, last time BYU mm. was a six, it went really well. Granted, BYU had its greatest player ever in Danny H. And two other NBA players in the starting lineup. But I, I'm excited about the potential matchup with the UCLA or Michigan State. UCLA, the history of 81 – and the big win BYU had, that's kind of fun to uh, revisit that. So I, I'm happy, dude. Normally on this day we go, oh, we got job. Nope, today is uh, a happy day. I was certain that because I felt so certain about BYU being a seven-seed or better, that they were going to end up on that 8-9 lead in the last bracket, the 8-9 game in the, in the last reveal. But no, no, please no. So when the 8-9 game was announced, I was like, okay, at worst – BYU is going to be a seven seed. Hallelujah. They're going to get something that's respectable. And then when they showed up on that six seed line, I thought, wow, the committee finally gave BYU what they deserve. Albeit, 
they have to play either UCLA or Michigan State. And ESPN's Jay Billis pointed out, well, BYU was seeded too favorably. They probably shouldn't have been a six, probably a seven or an eight. But they have to play either UCLA, most likely Michigan State. And already he's calling for Michigan State to beat UCLA and upset BYU. That's a BYU. popular pick by name. If you actually watch the games, if you actually look at the metrics, BYU's going to be favored and should be. Now, BYU, since, uh, what, is it since 81, I think, has won every first-round game. It's been a seven or higher. Yep. Okay? Every time. There was a game where BYU was a five, I think in the 70s, where the Cougars lost. But if you look at 81 to now, BYU has won that game every time. Because BYU is the favorite. BYU is crazy chalky in the NCAA tournament. BYU doesn't upset anybody and then doesn't get upset. Um, that's kind of how it's gone. 81, obviously, is a six. BYU takes out a three in UCLA and a two in Notre Dame and loses, I believe, to what? A one, a one in Virginia, Virginia in the Elite Eight. So, and that was a tremendous team. I expect BYU to win on Saturday, whether it's Michigan State or UCLA. It, it's going to be a tough game, for sure. That's a big name. It's always tough. It's Program. the tournament. It's the tournament. Well, it's not always tough. Wofford wasn't tough. Gonzaga wasn't tough in uh, 2011. But um, as a six, let's go, baby. And then if BYU can win that, winner of Texas and Abilene Christian. The metrics suggest that BYU was seeded perfectly by the committee. They lay out what you need to do. So it's merit based. It's not subjective. It's it's pretty. They objective. lay out what matters most. So let's take a look at the final resume. BYU number twenty in the net rankings, the most primary and important sorting tool for the committee. That'd be the last five, but BYU got a six. Twenty four in Ken Palm, twenty nine in six. ESPN's Basketball Power Index, Seven. twelve in KPI, twenty one strength of record, five. Sagarin twenty five. Yeah. You take the average of all of those, and it's right where BYU yeah. is in the six-seed line. I think Massey does this, right? C- combines them all. Yeah, that's, that's they great. Earned, they earned the six-seed. Yeah, awesome. So, if BYU had beaten Gonzaga in Vegas, maybe BYU climbed up to a five. Five? Right? Not wow. a four. I don't think BYU is a four. But uh, you see a 57% chance to advance, so it's higher than 50. And the eye go. test, the last opportunity that the committee had to watch BYU – was a favorable one for the Cougars because yeah. of what they did against the top overall seed. That's what's there. called a good loss. There's an actual thing. And, and to your In point basketball. of, hey, Blue Bloods, Michigan State, UCLA, oh, it's a, this is the worst possible scenario for is, BYU. They get a six seed and then they get jobbed by the committee. Is John Wooden coaching UCLA suddenly or something? Come on. Is Luel Cinder walking through that door? BYU played Gonzaga three times. They are the best team in the country. Should the Cougars be afraid of any team right now, based on what they've played against and competed against multiple times this season? No. So why, why should they be like, oh, man, terrible matchup, 11-seed Michigan State. They played Gonzaga three times. Like they, They're not going to see anything better than that. So I say bring it on, man. Yeah, bring both, it on. Both teams BYU will play were terrible away from home. Like both were, Okay, UCLA was 11-1 at home, 6-8 and eight in all the other games away. Michigan State was uh, 12 and 3 at home and 3 and 9 away. Seems to have really won away from their home court very much. Lit- literally, what? Six combined wins? Is that what I just, no, uh, nine combined wins away. So it's neutral for everybody. Obviously, Michigan State a little closer to home there, but no, let's go, man. BYU should win Saturday. Let's go. I'm not saying convincingly, I just think they'll win the game.
Our question of the day. What do you think about BYU's seating and bracket? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and get to some of your responses. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Matt Stoddard in on Twitter. I think six seed is right where BYU should be. I do believe that the draw can be very tricky because of the talent levels. Michigan State and UCLA are both very talented teams. The tournament is full of solid talent, though. Talent doesn't guarantee wins. That's why they play the games. Wait a minute. BYU has a Purdue transfer, uh, Arizona transfer, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State transfer, transfer, Cal transfer, Utah transfer. So if you want to play that game, BYU's just fine. BYU's just fine. Yes. I, BYU has all the ingredients to do something cool. Now, let's win game one, then we can talk about game two. I'm not like calling a sweet 16 here. But BYU's got the capability to... Winning one game's not crazy, right? Winning two games, is that, it feels crazy historically, but Tex, Texas won the Big 12. Baylor lost on Friday. They weren't in the championship game on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, lost in the semis. So, yeah, Texas just won the Big 12. Blah, blah, but BYU can certainly win a game. Win a game, and you've, you've checked the satisfaction mark for me in the NCAA. BYU plays defense. So even if they're rusty. Do what? And people get... Caught up on the, oh, they were so bad coming off two lengthy breaks with no games, and oh, I'm just really worried. Wait, BYU had a 10-day layoff and crushed Pacific. Exactly, exactly. So that's not true. So they have had those moments, but again, oh, against Pepperdine, a long layoff, it was really bad. Stop. Okay. Pepperdine and UCLA played a triple overtime game. BYU's going to be (laughs) well-prepared, and there is something to UCLA and Michigan State having to battle it out 48 hours earlier, and then turn around and play BYU. Travel will be a big... Consi- Travel will be a thing, but there will there, yeah. there is something there. Adam Vore on Facebook adds, I don't mind BYU's first-round matchup. I like playing Blue Bloods on off years. <laughs> the bracket is not great. I think Michigan State is a dangerous 11 seed. I think Alabama is the best two seed, but BYU can play with these guys. A deep run is certainly not out of the question. I just win one game. One, win but, one. Get, it, get to the second when, when round. BYU doesn't have the National Player of the Year... It doesn't win two games. That's just how it works. So win one game, and then let's just a see what BYU happens. A BYU-Texas matchup in the second round sounds juicy, doesn't it? Taysom Hill has 140 million <laughs> reasons to like that one. Well, we'll see how many of the 140. Coming up, the AD of the Year summons the shoveling masses. And the national champion dual threat analyst, Blaine Fowler, joins us to discuss the Cougars' seeding in the tournament and why he thinks they may just be set up for some serious success. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 13th-ranked women's soccer looks to bounce back from Saturday's loss. Taking on Utah Valley Wednesday, 6 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Mark Pope just tweeted this a moment ago as BYU is boarding the plane from Provo Airport to leave for Indianapolis. Headed to Naptown. From <laughs> <laughs> the only time he gets to dig a nap. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on this Tournament Week Monday is one of our good friends, Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, dual-threat analyst, national champion. Blaine, BYU's a sixth seed. They're back in the tournament for the first time in six years. How do you feel about the Cougars and where the committee placed them? Actually, I'm really excited about it, and... and Honestly, the last, and I know it's been a while, but but in the, the most recent years when BYU's been in the tournament, I have felt like they've been 
uh, underseeded or yeah, I guess, is that the right word? They were too high, way too high. They didn't get the seed that they deserved. And I was really bothered by that. This time I honestly expected them to be a seven seed. And, and I thought, man, if, you know, maybe they could be a six. If they got a seven, I would have felt like they were properly placed placed for them to get a six to me um, was really a relief. I felt good about it and I'm okay with their bracket as well. I know there's a couple of big names in that playing game that get a, get a chance to go meet BYU on Saturday, but those big names have not had quite the seasons that they normally do. So overall, I'm very pleased. I feel like the NCAA tournament committee gave BYU a fair um, seed this year. And I think this team's built to do well in this tournament. I really do. Let's talk about the uh, potential matchup, as you mentioned, with Michigan State and uh, UCLA. Obviously, a couple blue bloods there. UCLA, million titles. Michigan State, a team that always you feel like could make a run in the NCAA tournament. But like you mentioned, they've underachieved. And Blaine, they've been kind of poor away from uh, home. They've been sub-500 teams away from home. Both have stumbled into the tourney, 4-6 and 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 5-5 respectively. So this is a game BYU will be favored to win and – since 81, Blaine, when BYU is a seven seed or better, the Cougars have won that first game every time. Yeah, and, and I, like that. I like that history that you point out, Jeremy. And I, I like to look at recent past with, with these teams. How are they coming into the tournament? Are they coming in on a roll? Are they playing their best basketball? And Michigan State has some really good quad one wins, and they played in the toughest conference in college basketball this year. Um, but as you mentioned, they – They've kind of stumbled down the stretch in their last 10 games. They have not been as good. UCLA is the same story. The, those two teams have, have different styles. UCLA, to me, relies more on athleticism and speed. Michigan State's a physical team. I think you have to be to compete in, in, in the Big Ten. So they're, they're different styles. But I don't, I don't think that that matters because I think BYU has proven to us this year that they can play and win – um, regardless of what the style is. They can play in a slower game where they've got to rely on an inside presence and be really physical, and they've got multiple bigs that can come in and, and be physical, um, and the guards aren't afraid of physicality. And they can match up okay and stay in front of the teams that have quickness. And so I, I don't know that it really matters who they get. I do think that Michigan State um, has played in a tougher conference this year. And, and so, so maybe they're a little scarier because they're going to be physical and grind it out with you. But I don't, I don't think it really matters that much. And I know UCLA is slightly favored in that playing game. Um, but for BYU, I, I feel confident that regardless of who they play between UCLA and Michigan State, they can match that style and have success. Blaine, how much of an advantage, if at all, is BYU – taking on a team that has just played what we believe is going to be a hard-fought Thursday night game about 48 hours later? It's, this is the same question we always have in the WCC tournament, right, Spencer? We were talking about this down in Vegas. Um, because, because there's a day of rest in between, these teams are used to playing Thursday, Saturday turnarounds all the time during the regular season. and So I don't think it's a huge disadvantage, and it might be a slight um, advantage – to, to have been on the floor and to maybe get a little bit of a flow going in to me, the disadvantage of having just played and maybe being just a little bit tired versus the advantage of, of um, having been on the floor and maybe have a little momentum. I think they're a wash. And so I don't, I don't think that there's a huge advantage one way or the other, because I think those two things cancel one another out 
in terms of how it affects the game. If it gets to be a tight game down the stretch where you're just grinding, then I would think the advantage would be to BYU because they would have fresher legs down the stretch. Um, outside of that, I'm going to call that a wash. Playing in uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse is going to be pretty cool. Of course, uh, made famous by Hoosiers, but that's where Butler plays. Um, and as Spencer reminded us, Alex Barcelo thought about transferring to either Butler or BYU. So now he comes back to Butler with BYU. Uh, Matt Harms at Purdue in the area, of course. That's a side, although not the one BYU will play at uh, perhaps later. And then uh, Mark Pope used to play for the Pacers. So there's some fun connections here. Yeah, I, I like it. and I, It's a unique tournament format. I mean, when do we ever have a playing game on a Thursday and you start your tournament on a Saturday and then you play beginning of the week? Um, they're in, in this environment where, man, are these guys going to be – well, they have been and will continue to be tested like crazy going in. In this unique COVID year, it's unique that they're going to go to one place and, and play in this tournament. Um, you know, I, I kind of like that from BYU's perspective because how many times – has BYU, because of the no Sunday play rule, maybe been hurt by us, you know, maybe dropped a seat or two because they had to play in a different bracket than they normally would have been. And as they get moved, they drop a seat, having to travel all the way to the East Coast. I'm feeling really good about this. I think, I think um, it's a really cool venue to play in with a lot of history. And I think the guys appreciate that history. But I also feel like having the whole tournament in Indianapolis completely levels the field. And in an area where BYU has been hurt in past years, where they've had big time travel away from home, I, I feel like that's not a factor this year. So that, that's in BYU's favor. So I love it. I love the whole thing. BYU does have the luxury of Matt Harms, who has played in an Elite Eight and has NCAA tournament experience. They've got three seniors overall that have a little bit of tournament experience. Um, so how much do you think that factors into being an advantage for BYU, or is that more of a wash situation too? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's a wash. I, I'll tell you, the best experience BYU's had to prepare for this tournament is, is they've played Gonzaga three times, right? So who who are they going to be afraid of going into this thing? My point they, exactly. They just played, yeah, they've just played the best team in the country without question three times. Played them once at home, once at third place, and, and of course there's not the home crowds this year, so that's kind of a wash. And then once on a neutral court, um, so an unfamiliar – which in typical years is a Gonzaga home floor, right? But they played them in three different venues, three times, the best team in the nation, and they should not have any fear against anybody in this tournament. Nobody they're going to play has more talent, is better balanced, or plays better defense than the Zags. And I think this last outing, where they had the Zags on the rope, maybe more than anybody this season has had them on the rope, um, and they fell apart a little bit down the stretch. I don't think the the 10-point uh uh, loss is indicative of how that game was. You know, some free throws spread that, and Suggs just went off as he does. But to me, that's the most important preparation for BYU this season is that they played them, them three times. If they don't go in here just looking at any team that they're matching up with and go, now these guys aren't better than the Zags, and we know we can play with them, we can play with anybody. That confidence factor is big going into a tournament, and I think that that gives them the edge against anybody they play early in this bracket. And let's talk more about defense. So um, what BYU did in the WCC tournament made it so BYU, according to Ken Palm, and adjusted defensive efficiency, this is the best BYU defense in the Ken Palm era. That's the last 25 years, Blaine. Where do you think that manifests itself, and how much of an advantage is that for BYU in the NCAA tournament, where sometimes it does get a little more defensive in a neutral gym, grinded out half-court style of play? 
It's huge. And and I have felt to to win in advance, maybe not in the first round, although I think BYU's first round game is that's those are not typical eleven seeds, right? I think those are the and I think it's been said those are probably the two best eleven seeds in, in any bracket, right? So that's not a typical first round game, but they should be able to just go out and win that first. I still think that they should be able to go, but you, but when you get into the second round and the third round, sometimes you don't shoot great because every possession in NCAA tournament has that additional pressure of every possession counts because if we don't win this game, we're going home. I mean, that just looming over every single time down the court manifests itself in NCAA tournament games. And we see teams not shoot great percentages with few except with very few exceptions. And the teams that when they're having a little bit of a scoring drought can stay in games because they can defend are the teams that win in advance. If you're going to win more than one game of the tournament, let's say you get to a sweet 16 to an elite eight, you're going to have a game where you shoot like crap. Can I say crap on TV? I think you already did, but okay. (laughs) So you're going to have a game where you shoot like crap and you're going to stay in that game because you can rise to the, to the task and play defense. And, BYU is unique. They're better in perimeter defense because they have rim protectors. And, and it's not just Harms. I mean, he's elite, elite rim protector. But you know, you know, Harward comes in, and he's a physical presence there in front of the rim. That allows you as a guard line to push up and play people at three-point line a little more aggressively because you know if you get beat off the dribble because you're a little too aggressive, you're just going to put your nose on the back of their number, and you're going to say – you're not going to shoot a pull-up jump shot. You are going to continue all the way to the rim because I got help at the rim. It changes the way you play perimeter defense. So having a rim protector in that presence makes you better overall defensively. And I also think that that, that Averitt and Barcelo, are, Averitt's got great lateral quickness. He can stay in front of the ball for a long time. The longer you can stay in front of the ball, the better, right? I think Alex is a really physical, tough defender that stays in front of the ball. We think about the great shot blockers in there uh, for BYU, but, but the reason they have the best numbers in 25 years is not just because of that. It's because they're also really good on, on the perimeter. And then Caleb Lohner, I mean, can we start calling the guy a freak? He's a freak. Yeah. He's big and long and active and strong as he is. I can't believe that he's not – he looks like he's 25 years old. Um, that, that's how he's built. He's got great lateral quickness. He has good length. He's got toughness. He just continues to get better. He's been a ridiculous rebounder, so he's going to clean the boards from you. And now all of a sudden his shot is falling. He's going to be a superstar, but he's already an important piece. And it's not just his offensive skills. It's his ability to play D on really athletic players and his ability to go make sure you clean that defensive glass because in NCAA tournament play, you can't give up a bunch of second-chance points. I'm confident that guy's not giving up second-chance points. So, I mean, that's a long answer to your question, guys, but – Yes, BYU is really good defensively, and it is a huge factor in tournament play. Blaine, great stuff. And for what it's worth, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that Coach Norman Dale of the Hickory Huskers and Jimmy Chitwood are BYU <laughs> fans. So they've got that going for them as well as they had to Indiana. Win sober. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always felt like, is Harding not um, – Jimmy Chitwood. Like Jimmy, Jimmy Chitwood, yes. When he, first, when he first came and he shot a baseline <laughs> jumper, I'm like, Holy cow, BYU sound, signed Jimmy Chitwood. And I, I've I think always he felt said, that way. I think he said to Mark, I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll make it. He, he make is – He is the fact that we actually have the reincarnation of Chitwood on the team yes. has to farewell I for us, right? It. I think so. I love it. Blaine, so, great, all right, guys. great to talk to you, man. 
Good to be with you. Thanks, guys. Blade Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I have some good news. What's up? BYU's 23. Let's go! They're the ranked! They're ranked! They're ranked! So the same seed line as ranking, and so BYU enters a top 25 team. All right. And the one that matters, and the A people. Because <laughs> the, the seed line seed matters most. Ranked in the top 25? Hey, let's, let's go! go man. They're on a plane. Time to win some games. They're on a plane, man. Better than being on a boat. Coming up, BYU Hoops coach Mark Pope on why he's excited for Indy. Plus how pole vaulter Zach McWhorter turned a broken luggage nightmare into an unforgettable record-setting performance. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. It's the latest BYU SN right now, later tonight. Kiki Solano gives you the latest in Cougar sports news mixed with pop culture and social media. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Team rankings gives BYU a 22% chance of advancing to the Sweet 16. Too high, too low, just right, or do you not like porridge? I think that's just right. 20%? I don't like porridge. As a six seed, I think that's fair. Texas is going to be an... Really, really tough second-round matchup, assuming they beat Abilene Christian. But Never underestimate the fighting Christians. Well, come on now. Abilene. Yeah, and BYU does have good history against Texas and their athletic department, but it's 20% feels fair. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not really worried about the next game. Wait, uh, honestly, I'm the first like, one. if you if BYU Win wins the first one, if BYU wins one, I'm like happy. It's gravy in the next one. They're going to be an underdog most likely in the second round. So yeah. at that point, it's like, hey. Sw- my favorite swinging uh, tech. Okay, <laughs> okay. Taysom Hill has a new four-year, $140 million voidable contract. Extremely voidable. How much of that $140 million do you think Taysom will see? I don't know. Uh, but they certainly want him in a quarterback battle with Jameis Winston, which is exciting. So, Taysom, get after it. But, yeah, you look at the 140 like, wow! And then it's like, well, it's because of the salary, salary cap, cap hit and COVID and less for the league. So, yeah, yes, it's complicated. It's a, it's a fancy kind of hollow contract it's it's to help the saints out i believe that the saints are good for the guaranteed money that they already promised to Taysom hill so somehow all this restructuring he's still guaranteed what he was originally guaranteed and he's on a one-year deal essentially that's what that's what it feels like yeah if he aren't we all if he goes and excels and balls out then just maybe they fulfill a contract like that, but it's going to yeah. take Taysom Hill doing something special this upcoming season to get that. Yeah, then he maybe uh, builds part of a temple or something with that type of money, <laughs> right? Uh, do you have a lost, uh, damaged, or damaged airline luggage story that compares to BYU pole vaulter Zach McCorder having his poles broken by the airline? It wasn't just Zach's, by the way. It was, I think the whole team. Still finishing second at Nationals? I don't have a comparable. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You did what? <laughs> Unnamed airline, according to Tom Homo. You broke my poles? Okay, so he borrows one, and all he does is set a BYU record. Go and high in the air this finish goes. second in the NCAA championships, and he's on the Olympic level. Wow. That's an incredible story. I, I don't have anything comparable to that, but, I mean, my luggage did get lost on my way to a UMass BYU football game and had to go buy a suit at, you know, 8.58 p.m., two minutes before the, the store closed. Nice. Which was fun. I lost my wallet on a plane going oh. to uh, Columbus in 20... Sorry, uh, Pennsylvania in 2016. I remember this. And I didn't have a wallet. So basically, I slept on the couch of a house that some of the parents 
had rented outside of State College, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And the Langlois family, Jake Langlois, they basically drove me around everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you play golf that uh, trip as well? I did play golf. Yeah, yeah. we had a yes. we had the regular sixum. We on, went out with six of us. It's raining. No have, one's on the course. I don't have a wallet. It's on yeah. you guys. I think Greg Short was there. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. Oh, wallets getting lost is never fun. <laughs> Miami. Ugh. All right, Jerem, was it BYU Sports Nation karma in play, or just that the BYU women's distance medley relay team is elite? In terms of crediting the national championship run. Yes. Okay. That's true. Correct. As much as we want to take credit for that, we gave Diljeet the karma. She gave it to they're her They're amazing. Team. We don't give it to crappy players. Just that's what they're, they're amazing. So, yes, they if are. We really, if we really wanted to test it, we'd be like, hey, so-and-so who never plays, you get it. We did that a couple of times with Nate Austin and Skylar Halford, and it paid off nicely. Halford was like the seventh man. And I Trevin mean, like Nell. the 12th man. Recently, Trevin no, Nell. Those aren't in the same category. <laughs> no, it'd be like someone who doesn't play suddenly plays and plays well. No. How impressive is BYU's men's volleyball 15-set win streak? Impressive. Volleyball's such a fickle sport. It can go south in a hurry. So to win 15 sets in a row, that's hard to do. I don't care if you are clearly the better team. Typically, a team like Stanford can figure it out and put together one set. I like that. This is really good for BYU. Yeah, it's great. Competition hasn't been the best. Uh, we'll see. It's This is going to end this weekend. BYU's not going to sweep Pepperdine in both matches. <laughs> if BYU wins in five in both, I'll, great. Be, I'll be happy. Amazing. If they split the series, I'll be happy, to be yeah. quite honest with you. Okay, and what was more impressive prior to Saturday's soccer game? The AD of the year, Tom Homel, shoveling snow off the field, or students using folding chairs as shovels? <laughs> I got to give this to the athletic director of the year. Amazing. He sends out the tweet on Saturday morning. Cougar Nation, unite. We got to clear the field so That's we can play Jamie Shepard. That's a player. But folding chairs, hey, talk about... You know, being opportunistic in the moment of just like, what can we use yeah. to push snow off of the field? And luckily, Spencer, these were not the metal chairs from the stakes. No. These were plastic, yeah. although part of that is metal. So it wasn't as cold or heavy as it normally would have been after, like, state conference. You know what I'm saying? This is it was a cool deal. Uh, unfortunately, would BYU have, didn't win. Would but... it have melted anyway, or was that needed in the end? It may have melted by the end of the game. It may have melted by the end of the game. They definitely needed okay. to push it off. Yeah, yeah. down in Springville, we didn't have the same kind of snow. I felt bad. I was like, shoot. Yeah. Hey, Southfield. I didn't even shovel my driveway at the base of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crossroads of the West. Coming up, <laughs> who needs an extra dose of the karma? We're handing it out today. And Mark Pope on why he likes BYU's bracketology setup this year. This is BYU Sports Nation. They're in the air, man. Now, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV app is the place to watch recent old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. It is March and the Cougars are dancing. Yes, they are. I'm stoked about it. BYU is headed to the NCAA tournament. First time since 2015. It's been a minute. Of course, it would have been last year. But uh, last night, I spoke with Mark Pope on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline about the sixth seed, the draw with Michigan State and UCLA, COVID, uh, you know, contact tracing and separation, testing and the whole thing in Indy. Here's that conversation. Hi, Mark. Congratulations. Uh, Back in March Madness. Uh, You know, it, it feels like we've waited, obviously, two years for this. This is like two teams worth. What was it like when you saw BYU go up on the screen? It was so it was it was so fantastic. 
I mean, we're sitting there the whole time. Of course, we're in the bottom. We're in the you know the bottom left bracket. The last one, and um, you know our deal is always complicated because you know as soon as you see them pop up that you're not in the Friday Sunday, so you just wash all those out. And um, then we also, you know, we're thinking we're probably not going to be at least close to the Zags in that bracket. So it kind of left the bottom left-hand side, and, and that sure was – it ended up where we were, and, and it was the last one called. So it actually was beautiful. I loved it that we got to sit there and take in the whole thing um, and kind of watch team by team. And I'm glad my guys got to have that experience and then, and then just the anticipation of us being there. And then uh, they went 116, and they skipped us on the 8-9, which we were really excited about. And, and then you get to the bottom half of that left side – the bottom half of the bottom left side bracket. And uh, the first name is the six. And so as soon as they flipped to that, we're like, come on, let's go six, let's go six. And we got, so we're incredibly excited about it. And then to see Michigan state and UCLA, it just makes it doubly better. I mean, it's just as awesome. And so let's go. It's on. Were you hoping for a six? Yeah, I think the six was probably our ceiling. Um, Everything that, you know, we were seeing is the same things you were seeing was, was it probably the six was the ceiling, maybe the eight, eight was the floor. Uh, and so we were really, really, really pleased with that. How quickly, once you see your name, do you start to go into coach mode with who we playing, who we playing? And then you see a play-in game, which is interesting. So you mentioned your reaction to Michigan State and UCLA. It seems like you like that, that you like that there's a couple of blue bloods right there. Yeah, I mean, we're really excited about it. You go to the NCAA tournament to play the best teams, right? That's the whole point. And so, you know, we're coming right out of the gate with with two great teams. I mean, Michigan State has beat three of the top five ranked teams in the country. And we know UCLA. I mean, I know, Mick. It's fun because all three of us were at Maui last year and had such a phenomenal experience there. And uh, we, we have some history with both teams and and uh, they're two of the best coaches in college basketball, certainly with incredible talent on their squads. And so that's why you that's why we're going to play in the NCAA tournament. That's why we don't want to play in the CBI or the NIT. We want to go play against the best teams in the country. And we're getting them right from the get go. There's some history with the sixth seed. I'm sure you're aware with 1981 and with UCLA. So if the Bruins happen to win, that could be uh, some interesting history there with BYU's lead eight run with Danny Ainge. Yeah, yeah, it's super exciting. Okay, when you look at the the chance to play a team that has played in the play-in game, that certainly makes it a little more complicated in terms of preparation. How do you approach that this week? Because you kind of have to wait to see what happens on Thursday with with the Bruins and Spartans. Yeah, but I, I can't tell you how many times it seems like this year we've been preparing for two or three or four teams all at the same time. It's just been <laughs> the COVID era. So you just kind of shake your head and be like, of course. Of course, we're going to spend the week preparing for two teams. And so um, it just fits. It's not going to be a new experience for us. It's we've spent our whole year doing, it seems like, um, between canceled games and replaced games and changed schedule games. And so this is, uh, you know, it's going to be comfortable. It's going to be uncomfortably comfortable. I mean, it's going to be recognizably uncomfortable. And um, so bring it on. You know, here we go. Do you spend this week on both teams then, and then you obviously lock in on Friday on the one? Yeah, you know we'll spend, we'll have a long night tonight and and uh, try and find things um, that we think the two teams have in common in terms of the game plan that we would approach them with, and we'll also find other things that make them unique. We'll probably spend a lot of time on the things that they have in common, really focusing on our work on that. That's what we've traditionally done when we're preparing for more than one team. And then um, as we get closer, we'll try, we'll, we'll, the, the things that are anomalous that we haven't felt like we faced a lot, 
then we'll kind of grab onto those. And then, you know, the, the little tweaks that are specific to the program that we've guarded before, but it's not something I have in common. Those will be the last finishing touches the last day. Last year, obviously, that team was going to make the tourney, be a single-digit seed, probably a five or a six for a similar situation. And we've talked about this. You guys are kind of playing for that team, too. So did you reach out to the guys? Did you have them reach out to the team in terms of celebrating this moment for them as well last year? Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's just – it's just such a – like. Um... It's just such an emotionally charged deal, right? So I grabbed all the guys on a Zoom call, uh, me and the staff, talked to them all on a Zoom call at 3.15 today. Um, sat all seven seniors. It was awesome. Guys were teasing each other just like we were back in the locker room. And um, we love those guys so much. And I think they know. They know what they've contributed to this university. They know how they've what they've brought here. And they also know they can see the seeds of what they built in this team. Um, you know, those are the guys that kind of kind of uh, grew the moniker of fighting every day to have the best locker in America and losing yourself in the team. And those are the guys that taught our remaining players how to compete, how to really, really compete. And and um, they, they can see all those things in this team. And and um, so they're definitely in this ride with us. You know, it's heartbreaking. Of course, it always will be that they don't get a chance to come uh, play in this, but, but uh, they've done everything short of that. There's no chance in the world that this team is where it is today without that team. There's just no chance. They're completely linked together. Always will be. Talking to Mark Pope on BYU Sports Nation. You leave for Indy uh, Monday morning. So what's the week going to be like as you make sure you don't have COVID and you're also prepared and ready to go on Saturday and you don't go crazy, but you're going crazy with excitement because you're playing in the tourney, man. Yeah, how terrifying was uh, was yesterday and the day before when when um, when I'm forgetting who went down first, uh, but we had uh, Duke went down and then Virginia went down and then Kansas went down and I just was I just was I was I was seriously I think we all had a little bit of PTSD like is this whole thing going to get shut down? It happened that fast last time and so we've been increasingly every day hypersensitive about. Um, staying away from COVID. Uh, I think all of our guys are taking extraordinary measures to try and stay safe. Um, you know, we took our last uh, rapid antigen test right before the selection show started and they all came back negative. So we'll jump on this plane tomorrow. We'll test as soon as we get there. I expect we'll get there sometime in the evening, tomorrow night. And then um, we'll, we'll be quarantined in our individual rooms, one person to a room for the next at least 12 hours until we can take another test. And we should get the results on that test from six to eight hours later. So we'll be quarantined in our room, not allowed to leave the room for any reason whatsoever until we get two tests completed. And then uh, we'll stay safe there. So that's kind of what, that's kind of what the, the testing process looks like. We get an hour and 50 minutes on the court each day. So it's not very much time on the court. We get 45 minutes in the weight room and we get unlimited time in the meeting room. Uh, but other than that, we are locked in the room, in the, in our hotel floor. We'll have our own floor. Um, we're going to be incredibly respectful of that floor of the hotel, but it does give us the opportunity to do some things that you always imagine would be fun to do in a hotel floor. If you had the whole floor, we're going to try them all. <laughs> That'll be fun. When do you fly, uh, find out which sites uh, or site you will play at? Yeah, we don't even know yet. So we do know the first four is playing in Indianapolis. 
Um, and so I don't know if because of that, I wonder since we're so closely linked, if they'll keep us there. I'm just not sure. Uh, it does matter. Um, uh, ticket opportunities are different. For example, we've heard that at Assembly Hall, they're only going to do a maximum of 500 tickets in the arena, uh, whereas that there won't be those limitations other places. So things like that matter. You know, driving to Bloomington or driving up to Purdue is a little bit of a commute. So those things will make a difference. We'll figure all that out. That's nothing new. We face stuff like that all year long. Matt Harms playing again at Purdue could be fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's, it's not Canseco Fieldhouse anymore, but at the Pacers, uh, Jim, I'd love to be back in there. Like, I, I would love that. Uh, and, and I know it would be fun for Matt to go up to, to Purdue. And, you know, I spent a lot of time playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse. We would practice there a lot. Um, so this is, you know, this is a little bit back home stomping grounds for, for a couple of us. We're really, really excited about that. You got the 23rd overall seed. Um, what does it mean to be a top 25 team going into March Madness? That's a, that's a significant accomplishment as well. Yeah, you know, we've been knocking on the door for the last month or so. Um, you know, metric-wise, Net and, and Ken Palm, we've been in the top 25, I think, pretty consistently for the last three or four weeks. Uh, we're just, you know, we've just been one spot out the last two weeks in the AP. I'm calling all my friends in the media be like, guys, what's the deal? Can we not just get one more vote to bump us up? Uh, but it means a lot. It's a tribute to these guys. Um, it means a lot all the way up to till this moment. And then we're, we're going to enjoy this moment. Uh, the staff's already at work breaking things down, but the guys will go home and start packing and really savor this. And then the, thing, the great thing about the NCAA tournament is tomorrow, seeds don't matter. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, it's just, it's just, it is a survive in advance, like the most beautiful thing that you ever experience in your life in terms of competition. And so we just got to go find a way to win a game on Saturday. We have to find a way to win a game on Saturday. That's all we'll think about and all we'll talk about from here on. Well, congratulations. You made it and uh, safe travels to Indy. And we're very excited to see who you play on Saturday. And it's going to be a fun one regardless, whether it's Michigan State or UCLA. Hey, also, uh, listen, uh, super excited for Utah State. Uh, they, they put together a great season and a great stretch run. And then – Man, we had teams that were close, didn't we? I was sure either Southern Utah or Weber was going to win. They were the two favorites in their tournament. I think Utah Valley uh, was a whack regular season champ, and we were hoping they were getting it. But basketball in the state of Utah, even though we only have two teams in right now, it's in a good place. It was, it was really fun to watch. You know, one of the good things about being done with the WCC tournament early is that we get to watch all these tournaments. And it sure was fun to watch these great coaches and great programs in the state of Utah go to battle. So let's go, man. Come on, Jerem Jordan. I know you're hyped, baby. I am hyped. March Madness. I'm so excited, Mark. Congratulations and good luck in Indy. Let's go, Cougs. That was Mark Pope on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. You know why. We show how. So we found out last night BYU was playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse, home of Butler, 940 Eastern on CBS. So here, here we go. Amazing. Yeah, and BYU currently on the plane, I believe, as we speak, flying to Indianapolis. As a ranked team in the yeah. AP poll and a number six seed, they're going to take on a blue blood, Let's guaranteed go. in the first round. Okay, coming up today's rise and shout-outs go to champions. And can we muster up enough karma for BYU women's basketball to get in the tournament, sway some people? Probably not, but we're going to do great. our part. This is BYU Sports Nation. Great. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. 
BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. There's a free uh, free podcast as well, BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can download it, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what do you think about BYU men's basketball seating and bracket setup in the approaching NCAA tournament? I like our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, in from David Tenney, 15, on the gram. Glad to see the committee recognizing BYU's strong resume. Nervous for a potential Michigan State matchup, so let's go Bruins. Is there a team you'd rather play? For me, it's UCLA. I would probably Michigan BYU. State has a couple of great wins. Michigan and Illinois, two one seeds. So it's like, uh, avoid that team if possible. Two different style teams for sure. I feel like BYU matches up okay with either because the Cougars play defense, but yeah. I'd probably lean towards UCLA, who are uh, a favorite right now in that playing game. So, yeah, go go UCLA, go Bruins. Sure, yeah, I can get on board for UCLA that. Bruins. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's uh, give uh, a few of these out, Jerem. First and foremost, women's distance medley relay team set a new mm. record, won a national championship. That was Woo. incredible. So good. And then Courtney Wayman, a member of that DMR team, decided she wasn't done yet. Yeah, she's like, hey, 3,000, I want this. And indoor, it's not the steeplechase. And outdoor, it is. That's so a- no water, no water in the indoor. And then uh, Karma goes out to the, both cross-country teams. They're about to compete. Um, you know, and, and so let's go. In fact, I think one of the races might have started 15 minutes ago. Go, ladies. Yeah, so good luck. And then, uh, you know, women's hoops tonight in Selection Monday. Hopefully BYU gets in. They Hopefully need it. BYU I know, I know. At worst, I think they'll be an alternate, but let's uh, – I hope that they deserve – they're a tournament team. They're that quality of a team. Our thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope. Thirty Dennis Pinnett, who never made it into March Madness. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brock Zilstra. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation for more tournament week coverage. Go Cougs! I'll make it!